1: This is the 911
2: Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr.
3: Luma. 9-1-1, where is your emergency? I think there's
4: somebody in my house, in my house, I don't know who.
3: Okay, what city or township are you in?
2: Hola, Luna. Hey, por qué? Como esteban? Si, 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 vato. (laughs) I don't know Spanish. I think I just said, like, what's Steven?
1: I think I said something super racist by accident there. I'm not sure. You might have. I said vato. I I don't know. I had no idea. Well, we'll move on. Anyways, yes, please move on.
2: Anyway, moving on. Uh, Hey, uh, really quick, I wanted to... I've gotten a lot of people that when I say a lot, that's two and a half people have uh, reached out to me It said, I'm, I'm all caught up. I'm, I'm just so I'm make more stuff. And, and a couple of these people, I was like, Hey, we've, we're actually on Facebook too. You know, both the dark topic and 911 calls have have groups on Facebook that are very active. So just want to let everybody know, check us out on, on the Facebook. If you, uh, want to be annoyed all day long by the operator. (laughs) Like You'll be annoyed so much to be like, does this guy do anything else except for just (laughs) make stupid comments on Facebook?
1: He's the same guy everywhere. It is fun. If you interact with the operator, you'll get you'll get, uh, it's like a speaking spell. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of people say that when they read my comments, they just hear my voice when they read it. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had somebody else tell me that. Uh, you, do we are
1: we are we doing a podcast
2: here? Or oh yeah, we, here? Are, we are, we are, yeah. I guess we could do that.
1: You're just going on about. I had somebody else talk to me on Facebook, and uh,
2: <laughs> I had seven <laughs> stories to tell you about Facebook people, <laughs> okay. but never mind. I won't. And oh, actually, one one quick fun fact to non-share. <laughs> okay. This is hilarious. There are there are two people who listen to our show. They're both women and the only reason i say that is because one is named alex and the other one's named janine
1: <laughs> janine
2: yeah well that one's obvious but the alex you know i thought maybe you'd think gotcha. they were like you know uh, man and the one but no alex and janine and they live in vegas and remember uh remember cookie friday i do yeah. So they they they've like fallen in love with Cookie Friday, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. and they love it. So like every time Is this an ad? Is this is this an ad? Cookie Friday
1: dot com.
2: No, um they've become good friends with uh Tyler and Janine who own Cookie Friday. Or Janine I should say Janine and Tyler. Oh, cool. And they have become you know, they're 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 friends with them and uh uh-huh. they bought Janine a present. Uh-huh. And they were like, we can't think of anything to buy Tyler. And I said, well, Tyler's really into cycling. And so they got him. What the fuck? Listen.
1: This is like talking to my mom or my grandmother about people I don't know. Or- and then Susan.
2: If I recall, she was short. And <laughs> she had a yellow dress on. Okay. No. no, Okay. The punchline's coming. Um, mm. So... It, I told him that he likes cycling a lot, and they bought him a, a Cookie Monster <laughs> cycling jersey. That, is it, says, that
1: better not have been the punchline, right there.
2: On the back, it says uh, uh, "cycling," uh, and <sighs> but first cookies or something like that. It was hilarious. Oh, is that it? That's it.
1: Holy shit! You got a lot of editing to do when we're done here. <laughs>
2: All right. Anyways, so. Any, anyways, that was, what's up? That? That what's happening that was, here? That was heartwarming, touching. Hey, anyway, okay. So I got a question for you. <clears throat> mm. We're only six minutes in. By this point, everybody knows we banter <sighs> incessantly. I know, but there's a, still banter to go. I'm
1: assuming we have <laughs> to come close. There's a little bit about. of banter.
2: Yes. Okay. All right, man. All right, Sorry. fine. Here we go. Hey, um, have you ever heard of the Merchant of Venice? <laughs> See.
1: I knew you were gonna ask that question, so I'm like, you're gonna ask me about the Merchant of Venice, and you're talking about all this Cookie Friday shit, okay, yes, I've heard of The Merchant of Venice, okay um Shakespeare, yes, yeah, yes. play by Shakespeare,
2: so hey, right. let's act it out, ready? No, I wrote our part, so all you have to do is just read your part and okay, go ahead, and this will be Eric's gonna love it. I figure I was like. What could people want more than a 911 call on a podcast about 911 calls and I'm like maybe we read some Shakespeare. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stop you for a sec. I'm going to have to stop you for a sec. <clears throat>
2: okay.
1: Because I've read The Merchant of Venice. I actually have read The Merchant of Venice. Mm. And I don't know what what your background is on, on Shakespeare or what your feelings are on Shakespeare, but I don't I don't like Shakespeare. Yeah. I, I enjoy it I enjoy it now as I got older um but when I was at school I hated Shakespeare and the reason why is because it sucks cuz cuz it's because bo- <laughs> it's boring because beca- and they're also speaking in, in a way that we don't speak today yeah. and I just never really got cuz I was they put me in enriched English classes up cuz cuz I'm like you know like I'm a I'm a cut above, they a thought. A cut above, right?
2: You are. Well. Even though
1: I don't know what a verb is or or, or <laughs> I don't know anything. So they put me in these classes. I'm reading the Shakespeare stuff, and they're getting me to break this stuff down. And I'm like, man, I'm reading Stephen King. Yeah. Like, can't you get me to break down some Stephen King? And I know that a lot of people think Stephen King's Pedestrian. But Shakespeare's pedestrian.
2: Shakespeare wrote as if we understood his time, which is annoying because – Yeah, because like it's like writing for somebody 500 years from now and using phrases like, she was as empty as a strip mall. You know, like we get it, but they won't, you know. But he did the same thing and we just don't – I don't jive with – I have to have – Shakespeare translated for me in order for me to understand
1: When you're trying to get a 14-year-old, 15, 16-year-old to fall in love with literature and fall in love with English, the English language, say, I feel like it's counterproductive. Whenever I was in classrooms and I was having to explain to the kids on top of what they'd already been taught and on top of what they'd already read, what's going on here, they don't give a shit at the end. All they want to do is pass... They want to get a passing grade on Shakespeare, and I could—I swear to you that if they were reading The Stand by Stephen King, and they were having to break that down, yeah. or they were reading The Green Mile, or, or the, the works of Stephen King. I just finished Black House. So good. Thank you, mate. Yes. Talisman, yes. Black House. Talisman, I don't know if Black I'd throw House. that in there, but I, I, I put like Misery, um, Different Seasons was, was, was a book of four short stories by Stephen King, which had at pupil. Which we talk about World War Two and Nazis, things like that. The relationship between an old man and a young kid who are right—it's Shakespearean. Yeah, um, you have Stand by Me, which you could say is Shakespearean as uh, Shakespearean as well. Um what was the third one? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Rita Hayworth's Shawshank Redemption. Which you know, prison, whatever. There's a lot to talk about there. And then the breathing method where. Somebody is taught. This woman is taught how to like do the Lamaze method, and her head gets cut off, and she, yeah, her body still breathes, and she pops out a baby. Or the uh, book, uh, yeah,
2: Golden by who? Uh, Golden Steph Curry. <laughs> God damn, are they related? Yes, we
1: can move on. Let's do your Shakespeare thing back and forth.
2: Fine. <laughs> Now I'm super pumped to do this.
1: Oh, my God. Uh,
2: Actually, I think I'm more excited now that I know you hate it. I
1: don't hate Shakespeare. I, I enjoy it personally. I just hate that it's in the school system, and I hate that it's making kids feel like they're stupid. When they're not stupid, they're just
2: bored. You know somewhere in the world there's a guy who wakes up every morning and he combs his hair, parts, hard part, combs his hair with a comb hasn't showered in like three weeks but combs his hair because you know if you don't shower for three weeks it combs real nice hmm. but he combs his hair and he turns on our show and on his wall there's like a series of check marks and it goes like this hates firefighters <laughs> hates the British accent
1: Italian hates accent too
2: Shakespeare <laughs> that guy's coming for you
1: <laughs> I don't hate him I just don't understand why they're so popular
2: I don't understand why this show's so popular, so I'm right there (laughs) with you.
1: All right, moving on. Are we really going to do this back and forth, Shakespearean stuff? Yes, we are. We're we're going to
2: rock this. Okay, you're first. All
1: right, I'm first. All right. Hi, I'm Antonio, a Venetian merchant living in Venice. I do merchant stuff like ships and shipping things that go on ships. And
2: I am his best friend, Bassiano.
1: Hi, Bassiano. What's up?
2: Hey, Jack. Uh, Antonio. I want a Porsche.
1: Cars haven't been invented yet. It's the 1500s.
2: No, no, no. I mean, this girl named Portia, she lives over in Belmont.
1: I see. Okay. Yes, girls haven't been invented by now. <laughs> so. <laughs> so now this makes sense.
2: Yeah. But I'm a little short on cheddar. Uh, I think you can loan me a bunch of money so I can look like I'm loaded to impress her and her wealthy dad. <laughs>
1: Ah, dang, I just tied all my money into some ships that set sail to go into the entire ocean. But maybe you could go to one of the money lenders in town and ask for one. Tell them that I'll guarantee the loan for you.
2: Really? Hey, thanks. But uh, you always make fun of those dudes to their face for doing, like, high-interest loans and stuff. Plus, I think they hate you because you do those zero-interest loans just to piss them off. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm good for it <laughs> they know I am I can guarantee your debt to them plus any interest they might tack on one
2: hour later hey Antonio, I talked to a loan guy down at the quickeneth thy loans and he said he'd give me a loan if you guarantee it and he'll even do it for no interest
1: that's great that's amazing
2: only one thing if I default on a loan, he says that you have to pay him an actual pound of your flesh from your <sighs> body.
1: Jeez, oh, man. This is rough. Okay, I, I got to be honest. I, I, that felt like an ad, first, and it's not. <laughs> for Shakespeare. Second, you have, st- you have stuff written down for me to say, which I've been really uh, upset about for the last two minutes. He told me to restart, but I still have. I'm still a little bit upset. So I'm going to say... That that was very uh, on uh, on the button, like you nailed it. You nailed what a Shakespearean <laughs> play feels like to read out loud. It was infuriating and boring. <laughs> and everybody's wondering why we did it. That's you just proved my point, really.
2: Okay, fine. fine, we could quit. quit
1: what? Quit what? Doing
2: what we're doing? Of course we're quitting. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> we're going to be kicked <laughs> off the air anyway. No, we can quit reading Shakespeare.
1: All right, good. All right. to you get a call?
2: But there was a, there, there was a purpose to that. Okay, just really quick. Long story short. Ugh. Bassiano wins Portia's hand in marriage, but then finds out that Antonio's ships have been wrecked, so he goes back and tries to save Antonio's life so he doesn't have to give up a pound of his flesh. Fun fact to know and share, you only have about 20 pounds of skin to go around, so one pound of it is going to be a good chunk. Portia... And her BFF followed the boys back, and they disguise themselves as men. In the court, the judge calls for the legal counsel, and he picks a young lawyer who turns out to be Portia in disguise as a dude. Who gives a Portia determines that the contract is binding between this moneylender and Antonio, and the moneylender is actually owed a pound of flesh. Bassiano even offers the moneylender... Twice the amount he's owed, but the moneylender hated Antonio for teasing him and his moneylending friends, so he refuses. Okay, Portia then informs the moneylender that he can have his pound of flesh... But that the contract doesn't allow for him to have any blood. So he has to somehow get the pound of flesh without spilling any of Antonio's blood. The moneylender's trapped by logic here. So he tells Bastiano that he'll take the money instead. This is the worst. This is the worst Shakespeare story. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm almost done. I can't done. believe you're doing this. Oh, okay. But Portia, the dude, Portia version, tells him that his contract is binding as is, so he either takes the flesh without spilling any blood or he doesn't take anything at all. Then Portia tells the moneylender that he's found guilty of conspiring against the life of a citizen of Venice and that this means that he has to give half of his estate to the state and the other half to Antonio. And the judge here shows mercy and takes a fine instead of taking the moneylender's estate. And Antonio shows mercy by not taking the other half of the estate, but he makes the moneylender promise to give the whole estate to his daughter, who's Porsche's BFF, that was also dressed as a dude. So everybody ends up with who they want, and everything works out. The only thing
1: interesting about what you're talking about here is how boring it is. The only thing interesting <laughs> about this... Merchant of Venice. About the Merchant of Venice, the only thing interesting about the Merchant of Venice is how, is how boring it is. And also, the only thing interesting about it that you haven't mentioned so far... Oh, my God. You haven't even said Shylock.
2: Yeah, right. Because I figured that was... Are you avoiding? I was trying to be politically correct because Shylock has kind of turned into a, a uh, derogatory term for Jewish people because of this Shakespeare play, because the moneylender was the money lenders in the town were all jewish and his name was shylock so people actually use the term shylock now in kind of a bad way so yeah i was trying to i was trying to uh
1: if i was eating soup in a restaurant right now i'd be like hey waiter hey <laughs> is this just hot water <laughs> <laughs> and also did you serve it boiling <laughs> like it's, it's just I'm just so angry with what what with what I'm being served. Here. Okay, so is there more? Is there more up?
2: No, but okay. There's a moral. Uh,
1: oh, thank you.
2: The reason I tell the story is because of mercy. So the law in the story was qualified to literally end the life and the livelihood of the moneylender. The moneylender had done wrong, and the law could have taken everything he had. Okay. <laughs> And all the people already despised him to a certain degree. But the story goes on to show that humans can have a a heart and show mercy. And the law Mm -hmm. is often very black and white. But mercy is about the only thing that can soften the law's harsh ruling. Also, have you ever heard of the Holmes Youthful Trainee Act?
1: This is the most boring episode Of a podcast that's ever been broadcast, and I have no idea how you're going to cut this down <laughs> what, what
2: was the question you just asked me again? sorry do have you ever heard of the Holmes youthful trainee act <laughs> uh the high <laughs> the high at or the H-Y-Y h y y h y y no i
1: ha- no I haven't heard of it before.
2: Yeah, well, it sounds sort of like a child portering, but you'd be wrong. Um, it's a program in Michigan where if you are between the okay, we're getting closer to the story. See, see, I went from Holy Shakespeare to Michigan. So,
1: Can I cut you off? Can I cut yeah, you off? Fine. I want to see something entertaining, just just to make sure we keep an audience. Here, okay. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that William Shakespeare, that his name is an anagram for a weakish speller? that the name william shakespeare as an anagram works out to a weakish speller really so you take all the same letters yeah it's called an anagram yeah
2: and you can spell
1: a weakish speller you can spell a weakish speller when it comes to william shakespeare shakespeare i'm just trying to save you here and then and then and then one more thing that's amazing <laughs> that's entertainment right there <laughs> did you know that some guy in new york caused like uh, an ecological disaster by wanting to bring all the birds over from England that were mentioned in Shakespearean plays and bring them to New York so you could sit there and you know feel like very Shakespearean, but they brought over sparrows, so sparrows come over they brought over like a hundred of them, and now the sparrow and the house sparrow and the pigeon are the only three birds in the U.S. so you could just shoot on sight. Like, that's what that's that's, that's 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 why a taxi driver just runs them over. You ever been in a cab and the taxi driver is just knocking over
2: pigeons? So basically what you're saying is everything that's associated with Shakespeare is a total disaster. It's a disaster. <laughs> they should bring Steve King in.
1: All right. Uh, anyways, go ahead.
2: The Holmes Youthful Trainee Act is a program in Michigan where if you are between the ages of 17 and 23 and you're convicted of a certain list of crimes, the law can defer your sentence and they'll even take your guilty plea and they'll exchange it for you agreeing to follow this youth program. So it's proven to be pretty effective if followed. The risks that the kids run by going through this program is that if you fail to complete it, the conviction it's reinstated Your guilty plea is recorded and your record becomes public. So, basically, the law is willing to be merciful in hopes that they can help you. But if you don't help yourself, the law becomes, well, the law again.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay.
2: All right. (laughs) So, okay. Today's uh, call, today's case involves a, a few people. That have had firsthand experience uh, with this law in Michigan. I, I can't tell if this one's going to fly or die. I I just um, uh, my fingers are crossed. Everybody's excited here. Hit play. Okay. Well. Okay. There's <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> guess. Okay. All right. Here's entertainment for you. Guess where this nine one one call takes place. I don't know. England. In a thirteen year old girl's room. Shall we go there now and eavesdrop on the call?
1: <laughs> oh, there's nowhere I'd rather be right now okay. than in a, in a thirteen year old girls room. <laughs> That's where Shakespeare liked to hang out probably. He hasn't been me too'd yet. Wait. He will be. Probably a thirteen year old boy's room, but you know, not judge.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, love is love, right? You ready for me to hit play? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Here we go.
3: Nine one one. Where is your emergency?
4: I think there's somebody in my ma- in my house. I don't know who.
3: Okay. What city or township are you in? Harrison Township. What is your address? Three eight nine nine zero Haven. Three eight nine nine zero. What? Hammond. Haven. Hammond,
4: H a m o n. I'm thirteen years old. I don't know what to do.
3: Okay. Hold on one minute. Okay, where are you at in the house?
4: I'm in my room upstairs. I hear walking upstairs. I saw someone looking through my drawers downstairs.
3: 13-year-old upstairs. Did you say upstairs in your bedroom? Yeah. Are you expecting anyone? No. Okay, tell me again what you hear. I don't know, I heard walking downstairs, and when I looked downstairs, someone was looking through the drawers. And can you describe what this person was? She had, like, a black hat on, a brown jacket, I think. So you think it was a
4: male?
3: (laughs) here. And you saw a male with a dark hood and a jacket? Hello? Don't hang up. Hello? Where are you at? Rachel, she saw a male inside. No, she's not answering me. (laughs) in your room? Okay, they're on their way already. My partner's got them on the way already. I want you to go some... Do you have a lock on your bedroom door? Yeah, area. They already what? Are, where are you under the bed? Almost. Okay. Just lay quiet. I'll, I can listen, okay? I'm going to listen. Lay the phone down and I'll listen. Is it one or two people? What is your first What is your first name? Chloe. Chloe? There's two people in the house. They. How do you spell your name, huh? Chloe. Okay. So you said they've already been up and through your bedroom? Yeah. Okay. You're still under the bed? I'm almost. You what? I'm like halfway under it. Okay. How did they not see you? What's the house locked that you were aware of? Yeah, they went through the garage door, I think. They came through the garage door? Okay. Do you have a dog? Yeah. Did the dog bark? No. Where is the dog at? I think downstairs. What kind of dog? Uh, The lab. She has a lab. The dog didn't bark. Chloe how old is your dog or is he locked up or caged up downstairs oh, I I don't
2: know. I don't know. Okay. okay oh man oh man Ah. Uh, so uh hopefully that's uh, expunged this Shakespeare from your soul
1: Hopefully people hung in, because that's probably the most compelling call you've ever played.
2: Thank you. I mean, I guess. Seriously. <laughs> I had very little to do with it.
1: <laughs> you, you had nothing to do with it. I'm just saying. You chose well here. You chose poorly for the intro, but the call itself was was incredible. <laughs> I'm not saying that you de- that, that you created that call. Well, thank you.
2: Thank you. I'm not a hero, though. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, in this case, I intentionally wanted the wanted the beginning of this episode to be sort of a briar patch of that was annoyance to because this was a, the Easter egg was the gold the golden call that we're listening to here.
1: Well, we'll see how it devel- how it how it plays out, but so far, man, like it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Like we've all we've all pictured ourselves in this situation, and you've played some calls in the past where someone just gets shot out of nowhere. So I'm yeah. waiting on that. We don't know what we're going to get, you know, right. with, with what you're what you what with what you're willing to throw out there. Because we've seen what you're willing to throw out there. You you made <laughs> us you made, made me and and the audience listen to a woman drown.
2: Yes, that's that's true. I did. You made us listen to like a woman just get shot. A boy got shot by his grandma
1: twice. Five times, actually. <laughs> but but a woman gets shot, and then the guy shoots himself on the phone. That's happened yeah, multiple times. That was pretty So rough. here I'm just I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, oh my god, is she going to start screaming? And they're going to grab her by the foot and drag her yeah. of the bed. I'm also saying to myself, hey hey operator, hey nine one one call operator, <laughs> stop being that person who's like, what what are you trying to say <laughs> to me? and like kicking your foot under the dinner table while you're talking shit about your grandmother across the way like sh- sh- quiet, quiet down
2: yeah I don't think uh, she I don't think that that version of a voice uh, what, what would you call it uh, the, the the waitress at a truck stop voice I don't think it has whisper mode cause it's like where it's are a you smoker's
1: voice for sure are you
2: under the bed yet
1: I feel like I feel like you can still whisper with that voice. I think so. Let me try.
2: Where are there. you? Yeah, see it. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. It's better. All right, ma'am. While you're under the bed, I'm going to go take a smoke break. It's my turn. <laughs> I wish she <Yeah>. would. <laughs> I'll just be in the atrium. <laughs>
1: the, the girl, this 13-year-old girl is like, I'm halfway under the, under the bed.
2: Why aren't you all the way under the bed? <laughs> That's when the yank are out. Have you tried shinny in your hips? You know, just shinny. Like, I'm shinnying in my chair. Shinny, shinny. You know, like, shinny. Can you do the shinny? Shinny. Like this. Shinny.
1: Yeah. The, the two the two intruders are walking around like, hey, isn't that that woman who served us nachos at Denny's earlier? Do you hear that? I hear her. <laughs> I
2: think she's upstairs. I <laughs> think she's under the bed. The upstairs. Yeah, I think she's upstairs in the corner under a bed. <laughs> All right. Here's a little back start. There's more to this call, uh, but... Uh, it, it, it's basically the whole, the, the call, uh, you know, you can tell where the call is taking place. So there's more to the call, but uh, really quick on the backscore. The girl that you hear on the phone is 13-year-old Chloe Simmington, And on December 15th, 2011, she heard two people break into her house. So she hid under the bed and called 911 while this whole thing is going down um toward the end of the call there you might have heard the police the police say running through the backyard so someone is running through the backyard either that or that cop is like trying to get there his car broke down and he's you know running through backyards but i doubt that's that's the case okay you want me to hit play again keep going (laughs) yes hey really quick um let's put an ad in right here because we uh, gotta pay the bills
1: <laughs> gotta pay the bills hey listen okay go ahead but between you and I honestly yeah. like you, when are we when it's embarrassing there's no ads playing whenever you say that do you know that
2: I, I've heard I've heard I've heard people say that we We had but we've heard people say that yeah. <laughs>
1: we we
2: got to pay the bills. They feel bad for us. They're like, how do they pay the bills? <laughs> we don't pay the bills. Yeah, but well. Just
1: start saying we got to pay the bills if we actually have an ad. Well, see,
2: that's the thing is, I don't know if we'll have an ad because our ad managers insert the ads dynamically in the spot where I say, put an ad here in every episode, so...
1: Oh, so ads might be playing in the states, but in Canada they're just not playing. Yeah, because I mean, in Canada there's, there's no ads playing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then there might be ad playing in Norway. We don't know it, but uh, our ad managers—this is yeah—have said, okay. "Oh no, we'll get you some ads." And I'm like, uh, "When?" Because I don't know if you know this, Jack. Statistically, more people listen to this show every month than live in Miami. How many people do you have to have listened to a show? To get what a freaking ad. About? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? How, wh- what's, what's, the, what's the population of Miami? Like 350,000.
1: 350,000 people listen to this podcast every month? Yep. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Statistically. Dude. St- <laughs> Anyways, when you say you got to pay the bills, here's an ad. How about we work on there being
2: an f- ad there? Okay, here's an ad for you. We don't have any ads, so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, once this episode's done, I'll be out of episodes until they put another one out. If you say that and you're not on Patreon and you have a latte in your hand, that latte could have bought you a whole month's worth of more episodes. How about that for an ad?
1: I don't know why you're talking like there's an audience listening right now. I'm talking to you No, directly. I'm just I'm saying that is... Yeah, of course, but also cut cut like half of the the start of this episode out too.
2: just like half of this half of the Shakespeare story?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know why you kept reading that. Now, we were done. You could have just skipped the whole thing, man. I just, it was
2: a waste of time. I know. I'm just looking
1: like, I got to go pay the bills. I got to go to work <laughs> because we're not we're not making any money on this shit. I'm thinking of taking a job as
2: like a census worker or something.
1: I gotta get a gas station I can work out real quick and just steal everything for dinner again alright <clears throat> okay we'll get back into this let's like, like
2: right. ad, let's act positive about an ad okay
1: no of course for sure but hey let's uh let's do an ad right here do f- off the top of the head ad for what
2: no let's just no, we're just supposed to insert an ad here so let's just be positive <laughs> about inserting an ad <laughs> I'm still upset okay alright uh yeah, let's, uh, I think if we add an ad, it would go right here, because we gotta pay the bills. Do you feel alone in the world right now? Well, maybe it's something you did. If you're like me, you pretend like you're rich and find yourself saying things like, Oh my gosh, Jericho, you look amazing in silicone suede jumpers. No, it's my treat, I insist. Or you catch yourself constantly exclaiming, The next round is on me! Every time you're at the root beer bar. But operator, you might be saying, You can't be rich. You do podcasts. To which I would say, yes, that is correct. And yes, maybe I have an unhealthy obsession with using my credit cards to try and buy the affection of those around me. Well, I'm here to tell you no more. I found a way to beat the bottom of the bank barrel blues. If you're like me and other faux rich people, you're looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So, if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high-interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high-interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't even need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Even mildly acceptable podcasters with volunteer homicide detective degrees stand a chance, I can tell you from personal experience. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. The best part? If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next day. So, rid yourself of those payments you're making on that regrettable silicone and rhinestone debt skin suit you put on without thinking and take control of your rupee or tab at the local addiction depot. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash crime machine. Remember that show? To find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash crime machine. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applications will qualify for the full amount. Hugs. All right, here we go.
3: Okay, Chloe, I think they have spotted the guys, but I don't want you to come out of your bedroom. Okay, I want you to stay there until I tell you it's safe. All right? Okay. The deputies are out there. If you were to you guess, guess, guess how old all he was, would you be able to tell me? Please. Pardon me? Yeah. 20 to 30s? 20 to 30s white male? Yeah. 20 to 30 white male tall. Is someone calling to you, Chloe? No. Okay, I thought I heard one of them. It's very important that you don't touch anything, okay? I'm did, not. did you notice if they had gloves on or anything? Uh, I don't think so, I don't know. Okay. I want you to think real hard when you look and you saw him getting in the drawers. I want you to look real, think really hard. Did you see any gloves on their hands?
4: Yes, I think so. I think
3: black gloves. Black gloves. Any idea where your dog might be downstairs? No idea. I don't hear her anymore. But she did make noise at one point. No, I just heard people walking around downstairs. Okay, but you didn't. You never heard your dog bark. No, not once. Like. Okay. Does the dog usually bark? No, not at all. Oh, okay. So it doesn't warn you if there's strangers around or someone. No, she's a very friendly dog. Okay. Is she used to having people in and out of the house quite frequently? Like, do you have friends over a lot, and mom and yeah. dad? Yeah. Okay. He should be somewhere in, parkway circle in North
4: Point. That's you still under your bed? Yeah. Alright. What I know is that, like, There's before this was happening, okay, someone was knocking on the door okay. before this happened, and I looked outside and they had, like, a black van. A black van? Yeah, it was like
3: a dark It's not like, yeah. it was like a dark colored van. Okay, is it possible for you to look out the window and tell me if that van is still there? Oh, no, I already looked out when we were walking around down downstairs. Okay, so the van was gone? Yeah. Okay, and you said it was a dark color van? Yeah. So do you think they were dropped off and then the van pulled away? They drove away, and then this happened. Okay, hold on one moment. Can I get the air? Uh, Unit's on Hammond. The caller believes that these two suspects were dropped off by a dark-colored van. It pulled away, and then she heard the subjects inside the house. Did the van have windows? Yeah, a lot. Okay. She also states it has lots of windows. with you do you know if one had a black jacket? Yeah. Okay. got a brown That's what she saw too, Rachel. They knocked on her door first. Well, you're doing a really good job. These officers got a really good description of of 'em. <laughs>
4: my cat's with me right
3: now she's under the butt with me okay okay i just want you to be safe right now okay so i'll let you know when the deputies are coming back to the house yeah. but you're not hearing any more noises downstairs no did you hear any doors slamming anytime that you were talking to me sure. i don't know okay it look like it's a guy cut younger kid. Too, you want Is there an apartment complex around your house, uh, I don't know. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Old ones, okay. I need someone to go to the house and check the house. She's still under the bed. Okay. Okay, I have a dog with a um an officer at your house with a German Shepherd dog. Okay. Is your dog right now? They're at your house. Okay, I, I just heard my dog like flap its ears. Can you let him know she has a lab inside the house? She takes that dog and we're gonna have a dog fight. She has a a loose dog inside the house. A lab. Okay. Okay, I was wrong that the dog isn't on scene yet. Our canine dog. All
4: right. I don't think anyone's in the house anymore,
3: but I told Olaf. Okay, the listen, had. I've got a command officer that's there. I'll tell you in just a moment. You I, do I, I do have an officer that's out there at the house. Okay. Right. And you may hear him come in and walk around, okay? Okay. Can I get out of the bed once Once, hear him? Once, once, I, once you hear from them, you can get out, yes. But he is definitely at the house. Okay. Is it MC1 that's out of the house? Can you tell him that the girl's name is Chloe? Uh, Her name is Chloe, and he'll call for her when he's inside? Yeah, she's under the bed. I'll be approaching the residence now. Okay, he's going to walk up to the door now, okay? Okay. The front door, the front door's locked. Okay, he'll figure that out. I want you to, my partner just told him when he's inside to call your name. Okay. The door, someone's knocking at the door. That's him, right? Yeah, that's him. Should I go and get it? Yeah, you can go get it. <sighs> Who it is, Chloe? I don't see him anymore. Okay, he might be coming in through the garage. I I saw him again. Can I go around? Where are you at, Chloe? Can he see you? I just saw him. He's walking to the next
4: door. He's walking next door. Okay. He's running.
3: Chloe, do you have a bathroom downstairs there? Yeah. Okay, I want you to go in that bathroom and lock the door until I tell you. Okay. Wait, what do you want me to do? I haven't heard any more from him, so I'm going to wait. Are you in the bathroom, Chloe? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was your um, garage door open? Okay. Oh, my door. Okay. In my
4: garage. I see the cop. She's okay. walking in front of my house. Okay.
3: Okay. Do you want me to go get the door? Okay. She's coming to the door. Is uh? going to a hand Do you have pants? I found him. Okay. All right,
2: I'll let you go, Chloe. You did very, very good. Very brave. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, man. Poor Chloe. That was a long time to be under the bed. At least she had her cat, there. Yeah. Have you ever been in one of those kind of, like, I've been in a couple where, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, one, I was uh, living in Birmingham, Alabama, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and every Wednesday, We would drive around and try to find an empty basketball court in town, uh, just you know, around, uh, and shoot some hoops. This one time, we were in we were in the projects, which is hard not to be because there's a lot of projects in Birmingham. That, uh, Go
1: ahead, what? No, <laughs> yeah. so it just made me laugh. <laughs> the, in the projects of Birmingham, I'm sure they still call it shooting hoops. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a white person's way of relating to the hood, you know. Yeah. So we went
2: to shoot some hoops. To shoot hoops, so we were we were playing basketball at this basketball court, and um and it was it was getting kind of dark, but the basketball court had these like floodlights. The floodlights went out, and we were like, "What?" And we stopped playing basketball, and then they came back on, and there were a bunch of guys on the side of the court, and they were like. Uh, you guys are done playing. And we're like, Yeah, okay, we're yeah, we're almost done with this game. And they're like, No, you're done. And they pulled out uh like automatic weapons, like that's one guy nice. had an Uzi, <coughs> one guy had another, and like we we're like, okay, yeah, we'll just pick up our stuff and we're gonna like, get we're out of here. Yeah, and like the feeling, uh, the feeling I can describe it as when that happened being that exposed, like in the middle of this asphalt, like not no cover, nothing. Mm-hmm. And that guy could have just started mowing us down, like if the nerves in my body, it was like I got stung by a thousand bees all at once, it was just like it just hits mm-hmm. you like your body wants to react but there's nothing you can do
1: well those are alarms going off and your body's letting you know like man yes I bet you I bet you Everybody who's ever been murdered felt that and you got to feel
2: that probably uh, you should be or anyone who's ever been stung by a thousand bees I've been stung by 18 wow that's close to a thousand it was wasp. statistically yeah <laughs> um yeah, so the fun, the not funny thing, but is we packed up, like, quick. But the weird thing was these guys got back in their car and, like, took off. And so we were kind of like, should we stay or should we go? Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Mm-hmm. And we decided <laughs> yeah. to leave, right? <laughs> so we're getting back in the car. Is that this- the Ramones? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the Clash. The a- Weezer? Oh, the Clash, right. <laughs> the Clash, right. Uh, <laughs> no 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 no. I don't think it went like that. That's why I had to comment on it. It's right. <laughs> close. Uh, and we're getting in the car, and this other car pulls up. And... These guys get out and they're like, were those guys giving you a hard time? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, they're fine. It's fine. No problems. No problems. And so they're like, give us 20 bucks. We'll go take care of them for you. And I was like, 20 bucks. These guys are probably with those guys. <laughs> so yeah. if I gave them 20 bucks, I just bought them all Slurpees.
1: Wow. That's a cool scam though. Yeah. So you show up and just scare everybody on the court. Then you leave.
2: Take off. And then you get some money from the cleanup crew.
1: For 20 bucks, I'll take care of a full gang with Uzis for 20 bucks yeah
2: it's not likely I not don't think likely. I
1: want to be involved no <laughs> it wasn't price. really I don't
2: think he was packing that kind of heat in his Toyota Corolla he
1: was, he, was, he was yeah he was like a parasite I don't think that they were in cahoots together he was a parasite on the end of it yeah trying to trying to sweep up whatever you could off the ground yeah
2: yeah so that's kind of the feeling i'll bet she had when she was under the bed and those feet are coming in her room like just (sighs) that pins like there's nothing you can do it could be over in a second and then you got greta the the uh chain smoker in your ear enunciate your words what's going on can you spell your name again Talk to me. How many dogs do you have? Could you send me a picture?
1: (laughs) Speak up,
2: sweetheart. (laughs) Like, man, she's trying to be quiet. Lady. She's trying to be. You know, like every once in a while, you're talking to somebody. You hear taka taka taka. You can hear them turning the volume on their own phone down, like you're talking too loud and they don't want people around them to hear you. <laughs> I was hoping to hear taka taka taka. You know, like <laughs> okay, this girl's got it under control. But you didn't hear that either. <laughs> I don't know that sound, but that's funny uh, that people <coughs> might know that. Everybody seems to do that when I call them. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh,
1: I do it. I do it. I've, I've done it already to you. So you. So you, you can hear that when I'm doing that? Yeah, so sorry. That's funny, man. <laughs>
2: okay, here's the rest of the story. So the intruders were 19-year-old men, two of them, Daniel P. Laughlin and the Michael Thomas Zanukowitz. Hmm. Daniel was an addict and was actually taking advantage of another state program called Drug Court at the time that he decided to break into Chloe's home. He had already been convicted of first degree home invasion five months earlier. So, I don't know if you know, but Drug Court is sort of like work release incarceration. You can mm-hmm. hold a job, you're free to uh, a certain degree during the day but you must like attend a battery of classes and you pee in cups at random times all the time and
1: it's like group probation. It's like yes. group probation. And yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I, I, this will probably piss a few people off. I just didn't catch, you said, who else was in the house with her, with with Chloe? Who was supposed
2: to be in the house? No one. Like, no one was supposed to be there. It was, she's alone. Okay. Yeah, she was her alone. cat and her dog. And then these Good two enough. guys show up. Um, so, yeah, drug court, you, like, live at a home where you stay with other people who are also serving out drug court sentences. It's sort <laughs> of... Uh, an alternative to just filling a bunk in jail or prison but uh honestly a lot of people find that it's harder to do drug court because of the constraints and like it's constraints mixed with this routine of like exposure to normal life every day Mm. and for addicts sometimes that can be worse than just going to prison and sitting there and filling out your sentence you know
1: I can I can attest to that fast. Not that I mean we haven't taken many side during this, so I feel comfortable doing no. this.
2: No, yeah, we could do it now.
1: <laughs> the John Howard Society I worked for here in Canada, where there was people coming, kids kids coming out of jail, and they had drug problems and all that kind of thing, and I can attest to that. Where. Them having to do normal things where it seemed very easy. I was like, Okay, so my job is to show these guys how to make a lasagna together and then we gotta sit down together afterwards and watch a movie together and then they gotta go to bed. Right. That's the, that, that's that's what I need to accomplish this evening. Yeah. And and trying to accomplish that with like six kids who had just come out of juvie and who had ne- never had any like real parental guidance. Proper Man. parental guidance was a real chore.
2: I'll bet. You know, it's like we've talked before, where normal life seems so undramatic and so unfulfilling to you know certain cross sections of a society that have experienced more, whether that's abuse or addiction mm-hmm. or whatever. It's hard for them to know what a boring Tuesday feels like. You know.
1: You know. You know. What, one, one of the most um, amazing things that I ever saw was a kid. I don't want to say his name, but he he was from. He was from Africa. He came over. Were you that kid? No, I wasn't him. (laughs) But I felt like him sometimes. (laughs) And I took him out for Chinese food on Christmas. I was there on Christmas. And um, he wouldn't accept it. Because no one had ever offered him anything before. Really? And he didn't know. Yeah, and we had to, uh, over, over time, I was there for about a year, and the other kids accepted it right away. But, like, over time, over a year, I was like, man, like, the simple things that we're talking about right now when it comes to drug court, like, like like learning how to, how to be, what it feels like to be a regular person and deciding whether or not you want to be a regular person is the way that I saw it.
2: Yeah, that's rough. Just,
1: just seeing this kid not accept a Chinese food meal that I was buying with my own money, and he broke the whole thing down, saw what I was doing, he's like, you didn't get this money from them. You're spending your own money here. I'm like, yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, it's a buffet. I'll figure it out, though. I'll, I'll find a way. And he's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, Because, like, it's Christmas, man. <laughs> it's Christmas.
2: And he wouldn't and, do I, it. I he know. wouldn't take it.
1: No, he wouldn't He wouldn't do it because then he felt like he would owe me something or that I had got one over on him and he didn't trust anybody. He truly didn't trust anybody. You meet, you meet many people throughout your life who say they don't trust anybody, but this kid, he was like, Seventeen years old, like I said, coming over from Africa. His his whole family had been slaughtered. Wow! And uh, he came over like to uh, an adoption situation when he was like fifteen. And and two years then he got into the wrong crowd. He was a force. He just didn't trust me buying him Chinese food. I wonder about him sometimes. His name was Lebon. Lebon.
2: We should find him. Have him on the show.
1: L e b o n. I won't say his last name. Because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Anyways. All right.
2: All right. Well, similar to LeBond, Daniel uh, was not uh, fond of that program. Didn't seem to be mm. lining up. And he currently was not following the rules by breaking into houses when he shouldn't be. Michael, on the other hand, was just sort of a tag along. Not really sure what's up with this kid. He was like top of his graduating class in high school. He had no prior criminal record. I guess he just really liked 13-year-old girls' Christmas presents or something because I don't know why else you break into this. But after Chloe hung up with the 911 dispatcher, police found the two men. They were both in the area walking around. Uh, When they saw the cops, they tried to escape. Both were captured within a period of time, short period of time. Daniel was captured on scene, and Michael turned himself in peacefully a little while later after he had evaded the police completely so michael the honor roll kid was shown some mercy by the judge he allowed him to enroll in this holmes youthful trainee act program to date i can't find anything on him in the criminal justice system or really even on facebook or anything so we can rest assured that he turned his life around and is healthy and happy somewhere with a 13-year-old girl that he earned through hard work and skills developed in the program. Oh, my God.
1: Well, if he's not on Facebook, then that's a a leg up.
2: Yeah, right?
1: That that shows he's involved in whatever he's doing. But, man, what you said back there...
2: Well, she'd probably be 20 now, so it's legal
1: now. Oh.
2: Or maybe he died in the program. Either way, I'm sure he's free. Daniel, on the other hand, didn't get off his lucky, so he was a repeat offender at the time of the break-in, so... He had taken advantage of the same program earlier that Daniel was entered into. At 17, remember, he's 19 now. At 17, he was convicted of one count of larceny from a motor vehicle. Do you know what larceny is?
1: God, I do Stealing?
2: Yeah, just theft of personal property. I didn't know. That. I had to look it up. And he was also convicted of one count of breaking and entering a building with intent. So apparently in Michigan, you can only enter buildings that you did not intend to enter. (laughs) Otherwise, you get arrested. (laughs) Those two sentences, they were both deferred for Daniel because he went into the program, but they became completely public and his previously shelved guilty plea was reinstated when he committed the Christmas crime in Chloe's chamber, which is not to be confused with the adult film of the same name.
1: (laughs) Okay, yeah. <laughs> these are good ones, man. You're Thanks. finishing strong here.
2: Thanks. Right. He also ha- he had a series of tattoos that were documented when he was arrested, which included a tattoo on his hand that said "100% Hustler." So obviously, a that sucks. Devoted fan of the magazine subscription. Good
1: magazine, shitty tattoo. Yeah.
2: Maybe tattoo on his lower arm that said nineteen ninety two mob which seems kind of odd because he would have only been an infant that year, so probably not the most you know fearful mob on the block maybe- maybe they just refused to be potty trained or like kept biting during <laughs> breastfeeding or something
1: i don't know is <laughs> <92's> like <laughs> It's an okay year if you're developed, then. You know, like Wu Tang was coming out, a lot of hip hop, a lot of 90s hip hop. But I remember I lived through the 90s <clears throat> as a teenager, and I remember the whole time thinking, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks.
2: Yeah, growing up through it, right? Not that great. The 90s sucked. A couple bands got rolling in the 90s. So like like who? Beastie, Beastie Boys were on a good roll. The in Beastie the 90s. Boys sucked too, man. Mm. Oh, man. You don't like that? That hurt my Is that an ill communication? Oof. Yeah, ill communication for sure. Now, I'll tell you, yeah, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, it it felt like um, society was trying to figure out what it wanted to be when it grew up.
1: You know what? Did it it figure it out? No,
2: because it just figured out at that time that it wanted to wear plastic pants and like neon. (laughs) It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a couple more tattoos that this guy had. He had a lower arm tattoo that was a cross and a crown. So I'm not sure if it was like a religious cross, though, or like a medical cross. Maybe just a crown that looked cross. Yeah, maybe. Just a grumpy-looking cross or a grumpy-looking <laughs> crown. Cross-looking crown, you know? Maybe like a cr- prince or a king or a royal baby. Yeah. Uh, Lower arm tattoo of a pot leaf. So naturally, he was uh, interested into essential oils and other natural healing solutions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Upper left arm tattoo. Um, I don't swear, Jack. So what did his upper left arm...
1: It said, said, fuck you. which is Just proving. Wow.
2: Yeah. You know what? The kid was a a baller at a very young age. So probably waved (laughs) that tattoo in his mom's face while breastfeeding. Uh, A couple more tattoos, upper left arm, he had an L, upper right arm, Mm -hmm. he had a D, which I find interesting because that could actually lend to his intellect because a normal mouth breathing criminal would have done the D on his left arm for Daniel and on the L, he would have done on the right arm for Laughlin, which was his name, Daniel Laughlin. But Daniel chose to reverse him in what really can only be an attempt to comply with A more formal surname first formatting, most likely to make like entrance into SAT tests more convenient or something.
1: (laughs) I I would, if I was him, I would say later on in my life that that stands for left sloping dick, which means like it goes so (laughs) low that gravity has to push her over. You know what I mean? That's the (laughs) circumference, like the way the earth's spinning.
2: It twirls counterclockwise when he's in the northern hemisphere and clockwise when he's in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure.
1: Why is it slant that way? Gravity. Gravity. LD, what's up?
2: It goes the other way when I'm on the other side of the equator. (laughs) Hashtag science.
1: They call me RD in (laughs) Australia.
2: Okay, last but not least, he had uh, a tattoo on his upper right arm that read, pay me, followed by a tattoo on his upper right arm underneath that that said tammy you know (laughs) which is why he was probably breaking in the houses he owed tammy a pound of flesh and he had tattooed it on his arm to remind him that no debt is zero interest
1: this is those those west coast custom days with the jesse james like
2: yeah pay up sucker
1: with all these people who think they're bikers because they have tattoos and they bought a motorcycle but they really don't play the game
2: there are parts of the body that don't really hold tattoos well. Jesse James had a "pay up, pay up, sucker" tattoo tattooed on his hand, and I always and he's okay to have
1: that, but other people shouldn't have that. Yeah
2: always wondered, though, like, does the hand hold that tattoo very well? Like, does it go away? So, like, I wonder if he's got that redone or if it just fades. Are
1: you thinking about sweaty palms and that the ink's going to run? Like, just as if, if you wrote somebody's phone number on your hand? Yeah. Is that what you think is exactly. going to happen to that tattoo? Yeah. That's, not, that's no. not a concern. No.
2: Well, I don't know how tattoos work. So it's all a mystery really... to everybody. It's just magic. <laughs> right. So. All right, so Daniel, currently, he is incarcerated in Michigan, and he'll be up for release in 2024. You know, although he sounds like a pretty bad guy, I kind of feel sorry for him. because. Well, me too. You know, addictions, they can make you do really dumb things, and it seems like he was just sort of allowing his addiction to run rampant.
1: Hey, man, he walked into this bedroom and was terrifying people in that home. Whether or not he, he, he realized that... Every time you do something like that, there's the possibility for that to have happened. I think about it a lot. Like with my house, I'm like, if I'm not here tonight, I know my whole family will hide in the back room. Go ahead and walk through my house and steal all my shit and walk out and think that you didn't harm anybody. Guess what? They heard you the whole time. Yeah,
2: you messed a lot
1: of people up. And they thought that at any moment you were going to boot the door in, rape their mom, and slit my little kid's throats. Yeah, That's what they think whether or not they, 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 the victims of a lot of these breaking in type crimes or the people who have broken in and not harmed anybody in those moments the person who's in there is thinking about if somebody attacks me here I'm going to kill them and the person who's being intruded upon that has not been found out yet is thinking I'm going to die if they find me
2: well okay do the math too you break into a home that you think is empty you're a drug addict you're you know high on goofballs and Goofball. twisty ties, and you go upstairs and you find a 13-year-old girl alone, you just can be like, oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, this could have been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. Huh. And the cat's there, too. I have so many beanie babies under here, I'm having to kind of <laughs> make a cave. She's outside the bed with a glowing phone. <laughs> they haven't seen me yet, somehow. Did you hear that part where the 911 dispatcher said, How did they not see you? (laughs) I did hear that part. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. Well,
1: I immediately pictured that her legs were out on the other side of the bed, right? Yeah. That she dove in on a side that they wouldn't be able to see, and right. then her legs were hanging out. But now that you mention it, <laughs> <laughs> the door opens, she's facing them looking straight up with Indiglow on her
2: phone, right? Like a full out iPhone glow. And they don't even see her. <laughs> Brenda, quiet. She keeps talking the whole time. They're in my room. <laughs> Where are they? They're standing over me. Can they see you? Did, I don't know how they can't.
1: How did they not hear you, is what I'm wondering, because I've
2: had you on speakerphone this entire time. Okay, Chloe, you're not talking. Dial some buttons. <laughs> oh, this got dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well. Yeah, like I said, I feel bad for him. You know, I, I know people – you know, this reminds me of like what you were saying that one time about some people just can't screw up, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like this guy. So here's what sucked for him is while he was in drug court, which there's a couple <laughs> things I've never understood. Drug court, because you're in with other drug addicts. You, co- you, you basically commiserate with other drug addicts. And the whole time you're offset by these classes that everybody wants to put a bullet in their head. It seems like going <laughs> to sec- like sex addict therapy with other sex addicts.
1: You can meet you can meet some hot chicks. You can meet some hot chicks at sex addict uh, classes. I've heard exactly. So or so some girls that are willing to go. Is exactly. From what my
2: friends have told me, or some dudes. You know, depending on which dudes way are willing you to go swing. To. Everybody's willing to go. Everybody's willing to go. So here, a drug court, right? So he gets addicted to K two, which at that time wasn't detectable by drug screens. So he just just stocked up on K two, and he got away with it. So long that he got away with it and it got away from him, you know.
1: So, why are we talking about K2 like everyone knows what it is? Is K2 ketamine? Is that that?
2: Yeah, K2 was uh, K2 is also known as spice, it's uh, one of those synthetic cannabis. Okay, (laughs) cannabinoids. Um, yeah, so it wasn't detectable. Remember, uh, face eating guy that was, yeah. was uh, they think uh, yeah like this was in the same kind of period of time where you couldn't detect it on a talk screen
1: bath salts
2: yeah spice K2 meow meow
1: it's tough it's tough to trust your your research when it comes to drugs to be honest with you
2: <laughs> I, I do some deep dives quick googles here and there you know spit spot
1: <laughs> yeah. you think it's all bad <laughs> so that's fine alright it's all the all same right.
2: yeah no yeah. I just feel bad for the guy I mean uh, You know, good. Good he got incarcerated. Good that nothing else happened. Uh, Bad because, man, I I don't know. I'm constantly conflicted with how to handle drug addicts because prison is a terrible idea for that. Drugs are easier to get in prison than they are on the streets often. Drug court seems to be... I'm just confused. I struggle with that. For me, if somebody
1: has a drug problem to the point where it's affecting people consistently over the period of like a decade and they're robbing people and they're raping people and they're stealing from people i I chalk it up just the same as maybe the same sentence you would give a serial killer death
2: well, that's, that's uh, kind of why I started this with Shakespeare. It's, it's, it says the law is brutal. The law will take your life. But sometimes mercy has a hand to play in it before the law takes your life. And, you know, this kid went the whole mercy route, and then he ended up doing a bunch of time.
1: I don't mean anything I just said, but suddenly I do. From you saying that, from you bringing Shakespeare back into it, because when, when, when you when you have a th- when you have a threat, when you have a threat of like, okay, well, the ceiling. As soon as I hit the ceiling, there's going to be a, a ceiling fan made out of razor wire that's going to chop my head off. Yeah. You're a little less apt to go close to that ceiling, but it feels like within the justice system when you have drug court. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and you know and you, and you have you have all these outs and and all these people sympathizing with you and we live in a society where everyone's like oh my god all he needs is a proper you know structure around him and, and a chance and I'm telling you man there are people who are just shit and they'll continue to be shit as long as you allow them to be and they'll just every day you let them back outside they'll go and try to find more drugs and, and, and then if they once they run out of those drugs they'll steal from you and manipulate you the only way to stop these people is by giving them a real smack on the top of the head.
2: An addict can only be recovered if he or she is willing to be recovered. And if you look at... So here's my solution. If Sorry, sorry. But what... what sorry,
1: I'll, I'll let you go. But what if we're not ready to wait for them to figure that out?
2: Well, that's the thing. Exactly. And that's, once again, Shakespeare. It's law... The law yeah. wants to kick in and the law should kick in. Um, yes. If if Mercy doesn't have a chance to change their heart or they aren't willing to change their heart along with that. Because you remember in that story, the money lender had to agree to the terms. Otherwise... You're, you're talking about the Sherlock? Nah, not anymore. Nope, no, nope, <laughs> I'm not talking about Shakespeare anymore. Oh, gosh. No, but okay. Here's, here's how I would answer it. If you look at the amount of money every state puts into drug courts and they put into the cost of uh, imprisoning drug addicts. Mm-hmm. I think you could cut down on that by if you took that money because the only programs that really are proven to work are ones that cost a lot of money. They're hard to, they're hard to get into. And here's the sucky thing is what addict has a bunch of money to get better? So what you do is as the state, you give them, you provide them vouchers to go to Mm -hmm. these programs because the programs also won't let unwilling people in. So that, that cuts the load. You suddenly you've got all these people that are unwilling to go, so they're fine, go to prison. The other people voucher for a more promising opportunity.
1: This is, this is a bad conversation for us because the people who have the money are going to be people who have money, who, who are the worst people to be involved in it. So you're saying that the people that the, get the voucher, they've earned it in in what way?
2: Well, okay, so, like, let's say this program that these two guys went through, right? It's a merciful program. That program would be able to offer vouchers oh. to kids that were willing to do it. So, yeah, no, the, the, the voucher... So, basically, the state is contributing to personal businesses that set, that set up these these retreats or, you know...
1: So, it's like a val- valedictorian program yeah. within the drug court.
2: Yeah, in a way, it's like, if you prove yourself or you're willing... You can use a voucher, go here, rather than the state wasting that same money on you sitting in a bunk in prison or, or a halfway house, you know, trying to make it while you're also working at the Circle K, trying to avoid doing another round with your friends, you know?
1: I understand.
2: I don't know. Anyway, I do have a happy ending.
1: But the thing I really think you could do for drug addicts is let them be. Let them be so. Let them be so. If there are people who really wanna just be like high their whole lives and because the thing is is when somebody gets off of being high, someone goes off of being a heroin addict or a crack addict or someone who's been that way for like five, ten years, real life really isn't good enough for them. I think we should create programs where like you let them be high forever, but they they're high in a way in which they're alone. They're helping society. It's like so here's what you need. Here's something synthetic, which, which creates, it's, you're not sitting there smoking crack in the back or or Mm. doing heroin with the shit hanging out of you in an apartment somewhere, but here's something synthetically that you can take that, that ups the way you feel about yourself. You feel high all the time Mm. and you can sleep, but you need to, you need to do this for us. I'm talking
2: about uh, a dystopian society. Like a creative commune in a way? I'm talking about slaves. Hmm? Like a creative commune in a way where you can be high, but you have to be a... You have to be a guitarist in a band and contribute creatively, or you have to paint, or you have to do the... So we're basically creating artisans out of addicts. Ooh, I like that. Artisansoutofaddicts.com.
1: I like that. I like that. that work. If you told me here, I'll give you this pill every day. You're gonna feel as great as you can. Okay, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about me outside of having a family and stuff because I have to stick with my family and, and all that. Right. But there are people I know who, who will never have a family. There are people who, who I know that will always be lost, and they'll eventually commit suicide or they'll die of a drug overdose or they end up in prison. Those type of people, <laughs> they're like uh, in Game of Thrones, you know, when they go to the wall.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big wall.
1: <laughs> yeah right they get this pill every day until they don't want it anymore and uh, they just got to go do mundane tasks for society but just feel great all the time
2: okay they have that in north korea where uh half the population <laughs> they just break rocks all day
1: <laughs> hey if you're high and breaking rocks maybe you like it's better it. than you better than you break into to my house and
2: it's true you know, uh, some be, some people might look at us you know and say hey tanking up on root beer and breaking rocks all day long
1: definitely all i'm saying and 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 i'll cut off here and we'll go to the happy ending and you'll probably cut this whole thing out but all i'm saying is i'm sick of trying to figure out what to do with these people because they don't give a shit about themselves so let's just give them an option to do what they want to do but that is out of our hair
2: yeah because they're they're choosing not
1: to control. well then you'll have this conversation where it's like well if you let them recover and dry out and you figure out all their feelings it's like we all got feelings guy
2: yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, like, if you had asked some of the biggest musicians, to, if you said, what if we would have rewarded you with more drugs and everything for you to create more albums? They wouldn't want that. They might have. You know, who knows what Pink Floyd or <laughs> would have made or whatever. But we also would have probably wrung them out. Like, we would have squeezed all the creativity out of them because as humans... We can only handle drugs so long. We think we can handle it. Yes. Well, there are people who will recover. There, there are people
1: who are capable of recovering, and they will eventually. But there are people, man. There are tons of people who just don't get better because they're too selfish. It's not about drug abuse. It's not about, it's not about um, their childhood or anything else. They're just wired in a way that's selfish. I meet people who don't do any drugs. I meet teachers in my life who I'm like, oh, you're an asshole. Yeah, Like you're just like a power tripper, right? So when you find someone who's into drugs and want, and wants to like lose themselves in that, well, fine. I'll pay an extra five bucks a month on my taxes just to take care of these people so they don't got to be in my regular life all the time so they're out there chopping rocks. And
2: We could make a record <laughs> label that is just nothing but addicts. That'd be kind of cool. Like we put together these like super bands based on, there's like a bunch of total crazy addicts when they're not doing drugs, they're on stage. We'd make a million bucks. We'd make, we'd make a... A million and a half dollars
1: yeah i i just that's the point where i realized this is all gonna get cut out so
2: no actually i've decided as we've been doing this nothing's getting cut out of this one <laughs> it's gonna run i'm just gonna let it go and people are gonna be like that was bold or they're gonna be like that was stupid but either way we're our sword is in the stand on this yeah, i'm one. gonna stop talking i'm not even that. gonna beep you out i'm not even gonna beep <laughs> no. out your f words how about that okay
1: Okay. All right, well, yeah, you're you're a revolutionary.
2: Okay, so I got a big question for you then right before this happy ending. Um, Mm -hmm. Were you ever sent to your room? And if Mm -hmm. so, what type of child were you when you were punished? Were you obedient and serving out your room sentence with patience? Were you obnoxious where you went but you made her regret? It, with your noise and destruction were you manipulative so you went but you made her feel so bad about it that she let you out early or defiant it took an act of god for her to get you to actually go to your room how about relieved Ooh, dang oh now i'm sad <laughs> Oh man.
1: You just <laughs> No, I mean there's a lot of people who feel relieved just, just just to just to get out of the chaos that was going on that, that caused the situation to be sent to that room just to get away from it. I didn't even think of that. For for me I was always relieved always relief well and it never happened to me that often it didn't happen that often because what's happening is you're being pressured into a situation that you of something that you don't want to do and that adult and that you normally in that situation would not do themselves if the situation was reversed so as soon as you get released to go to your room and just shut up and it's fine you don't get any dinner fine we're not talking about this anymore I, I think anybody who's actually been in that situation and to prison too for at least the few, first few days, or the first few minutes, you just feel relieved. You don't got to deal with it anymore.
2: That paints a very detailed picture. We should do a whole podcast on that sometime.
1: Let's do it right now. We haven't had much to talk about on the side yet.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: man, my heart hurts a little. Uh, all right. Well, um, we'll get, man, I don't know how to walk that one off. Uh, Uh, I feel, yeah. Okay, I'm going to just walk away from it because there's so much there. All right, imagine if a dispatcher has the power to control people on the other end of the phone. Well, that's how this next call went. So let's listen as this dispatcher seems to have like almost a remote control on the couple that calls 911. You ready for me Mm -hmm. to hit play? I'm ready. Here we go. Go.
5: Yeah, I was just throwing down and spitting my face. He's just trying to choke me. Are you at 894 Twin Sisters? Yes. Okay, is he still there? Yeah, he's trying to He's like caught in Okay, we're on the way. We're on the way, okay? Do you need an ambulance? No. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Mm-hmm. you. Husband, yeah. Is his name Scott Wilbur? No, that's my five-year-old. What's what's your son, your husband's name? Ben Tazlett. Ben what? Tazlett. T A S L I T Z. And what kind of vehicle will he take? Well, he's going to take a F350. What color? It's red. Okay. Is he is that him yelling in the background? What? Is that him yelling in the background? Yeah. Is he leaving or is he staying? Are you going to wait for him? Well, I don't know. The vehicle's sitting here. i drive myself to the jail right now because of this. you understand? I have you not to do Do you want me to Why talk to him? Death? Why you he scared? My father is to choke me. Throw me to the ground. want to What do you want me to tell him? I Le- never is that your name? What? Is your name Lila? Lila. Lila. Yeah. So he spit in your face and threw you down. Lila? Lila. What? Please talk to me. What? He he threw you on the ground and he spit in your face and strangled or choked you, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's something that you know he's got to pay the consequences for his actions. If you'd like, I can talk to him until we get there and try and calm him down. Good. But if he, he it's up to him whether he leaves or not. It's going to make it. T- Tell him it's going to make it worse if he leaves. Let me talk to him. Lila? Lila? Put him up. No? Hello. Hi, this is Ben? Yeah, it is. Hi, this is the sheriff's office. I understand. Okay. Now, look. Whatever happens, we we're have we obligated to I come know. up there and check I it out. are obligated to come here, and I know so, what's going to happen. My wife has just called you. I'm going to jail for a very long time. I will not see my kids. She has just undone about everything that could ever have been done. I am with... Going through my never, mind, I don't, I don't even know. Why I need to talk to you because I'll be talking to the officer when he gets here. Well, that's he what she just did. I know what she just did. I know I'm going to jail for a very long time. This is a big problem. I am blown away. And I guess send your officer up here because she just initiated this whole step, and I'm screwed. Are you going to stay there or are you going I'm to leave? Here, because where am I going to take a vehicle? you going to come. I, I can drive myself to the jail right now. Well, we there are two sides to every story. Yeah, there sure are. And and I really think that it in your best interest to stay there. However, okay. however, I need you to stop yelling and calm down and promise me that you'll go sit in another room. And I I'll... am standing in a room I've been sitting in and she came in and threw this stuff that I've just gone through trying to get... You picked all this stuff up and you threw it right up in the air. Lila, 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 I don't want to do this. I want assistance. I want... I don't want you to confront me. This is not okay. Is there another room that you can go in and wait until the officers get there? Lila, where would you like me to go until the officers Gets here, he gets here to take me to jail. Is this room okay? I'll in here, okay? okay? now let me get her on the phone and have her go somewhere else and leave you alone, okay, all right? Here she is. All right. Oh, yes. Yes. Lila? 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 You guys got to stop arguing. This the process has begun. I, I asked him to go to another room or for you to go to another room and separate from each other until the officers get there and we work this out. Can you do that? Yeah. Can you, can you just not speak with him or fight with him until the officers get there? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I've sent them. I've asked him to go somewhere else in another room in the house. And if you can honor that, I will let the two of you go. Okay. But if, if you're going to continue to fight, I'm going to have to stay on the phone with you. So, will, will you, do you promise you'll stay in another room? Yeah the officers get
2: there okay do not speak with him don't fight with him anymore i've asked him to do the same thing and we'll be up there and we'll help you guys work this out okay if it gets that again call me back okay. all right we'll be there in a little bit oh man man ice in those veins man she she kicked those people right in the teeth
1: yeah she broke that down for the first for the first quarter of that i was like oh no she's escalating this situation you know, like like the yeah. guy in the back. Who knows? Is, is is
2: Let me talk to him. Let me talk to
1: him. Let me talk to him. And I'm thinking, like, is is, is he gonna is he gonna blow her head off? Is he gonna start up a chainsaw in the background? Yeah. It sounds terrible. But as soon as he got on the phone, you, you, you realize that normally. For the most part, people, people, are, people are normal. Sorry. For the most part, people are normal. It's very rare that you're going to run into like a Jason Voorhees having mm-hmm. a relationship with a woman and it falls out of control and gets on a 911 call. Yeah, right? It's, it's regular people. So as soon as she got him on the, on the phone, he sounded like a regular guy. You're expecting some kind of beast or some monster. Yes. And uh, she was able to talk talk him through it and talk sense to him, which his wife wasn't talking sense to him because they're both in a heightened state. Yes. And it was just a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing to, to, she, to hear.
2: She broke that down, sent them to their room. That was amazing.
1: She did. But there was a baby in the background, which, which concerned me a bit. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. you know, uh, this one hit me kind of weird, personally, because... Um, when you first start hearing it and she's she calls and she's like, my husband spit on me and threw me down the stairs or <laughs> threw me down. You're like, oh, man, this is going to suck. Yeah. And then he gets yeah. on the phone, albeit he is overly dramatic, I think. But, okay, so personally, here's a personal story really quick. Oh, good. I was engaged to a girl one time who was very skilled at being crazy. Like, uh, So she seemed very normal. Uh, but the more I got to know her, the more caustic the relationship became. Then I got to know her parents, and I'm like, oh, wow, this, is, this, was, this has not been a life... That has developed, that has built a, a girl with a yeah. sound mind. Um, I see where it's coming from. Yeah, and uh, okay, so I'll just sum it up in one in one story, in one experience that I had with her. She felt more comfortable fighting than she did getting along. So we're sitting in the car. I was so mad this one time. I had to stop the car. I just stopped the car. I pulled over. We're on like a side road, right? And mm-hmm. we're yelling at each other. And it's. I don't realize that it's loud as loud as it is. I'm just. So exasperated. I, I've never been with a professional arguer before, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know how to handle mm-hmm. it. I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix it. You wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. And I'm constantly trying to fix the situation, right? And partially, I think that's why I was in this relationship because I kind of saw something that was broken, and I hopefully mm-hmm. I'm better now. But you know, at that time, I was You're a fixer. I was, and and it was a, a flaw. But anyway, we're sitting there. All of a sudden, cop lights behind us. And mm-hmm. an officer comes to uh, my door and he's like, we got, a, we got a call from the apartment building right here next across the street that says you guys are having a fight. And I was like, I'm sorry. You know, it's just this, we're just arguing about something. And then he goes over to her side, which I totally get what he's doing here. He goes over of and course. he's like, Ma'am, are you okay? Do you feel safe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She says, No oh fuck you're you're in trouble the cop took her and took her home and Mm -hmm. when that happened and this call made me think of that like this guy seems so exasperated like she could have very likely blown a situation maybe not maybe not maybe it was an abusive situation and she's getting out and she's fed up um but that's the that's the memory that came to mind. I'm I like, hear you. I don't know how to. I, you you can't fight that one. You're just shadow boxing.
1: I hear you, man. See, I come from from like a violent past where where it was, it was always the guy. Yeah, and, and for, for for that situation like for you to for you to share that story fits very well to this because when the guy got on the phone I was like oh this guy doesn't seem like that bad of a guy yeah, and he's following instructions and now everybody has listened to the operator I was expecting chaos like I said before so um, I don't know what the moral, but the moral would
2: be here. This is a happy ending. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. See, I, that that dispatcher, man, she just she she buttoned that one up, and I thought I thought that she was did. so she impressive. I was like, wow. But
1: I also thought I thought I I also thought sorry, man, to talk over you there. Yeah. But I also thought she was very lucky to have mm-hmm. run in. To the couple who would who would be who would respond yeah. appropriately to to her tactic there, yes, Cause, because I was thinking it could have turned into in, in in my situations that I've seen in my life it would not have turned out that well.
2: Right. Yeah. They were wired for that dispatcher. Any other dispatcher. It was fortunate. Any other couple. Yeah, and somebody could have been killed.
1: And so I think the moral then is that every situation is different and you gotta f*** it out sometimes you get lucky sometimes you f*** it up and, and everything f apart and someone gets shot in the head with a b- in, in their belly and Buddy blows his b*** off on the call too but once in a while you get one like this it just works out everything's everything man it, it's, there's no f b- recipe it just we just keep on going on
2: and f-ing. just be good give a lot of hugs when you can well that's all I got and uh Feel like we, man, we went around and around on this one. This was uh, a journey.
1: <laughs> for sure, yeah. I'll f- you later. I'm gonna All go right. read Othello.
2: Yeah, go read Othello. I'll go read uh, Ptolemy, and uh, we'll 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 get back and discuss. All right. <laughs> All right. Hugs, everybody. Hey, we can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast. Somehow. We seem to be building this weird family that can't get enough hugs. It means so much to us. Because of our supporters, we've been able to bring even more great stuff for your earballs. We know you've heard of what we think is the best $5 tier on Patreon. There, you get the Dark Calls podcast, live video stream chats with us, and other fun stuff like early bird previews of our new upcoming podcasts, like True Crime Kent. Check out the pilot episode now over there. But we have also been able to create a whole new tier of content and goodies called Tier 13. In addition to all the $5 stuff, you get an exclusive podcast called Dead Time Stories, written and spoken as only the masterful Jack Luna can. Based on true events, these stories drop you into some riveting scenes and then they rip you right out again before they can keep you forever. Also on tier 13, you get the free store. That's right. It's a free store. We're working hard to launch our store for everyone and supporters at the $5 tier get a 25% off code that they can use anytime. And tier 13 supporters get a code that makes stuff free. That's right. Any two items. Every four months, you can come and just take it. Well, we'll probably ship it to you unless you're my neighbor, Gary. And Gary, if you're listening, I need my hoe back. So much thank yous to you, everyone. So much hugs.